When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? If you haven't take problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a Chris ain't one. Hit me. Now, from the ESPN studios in New York City, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. I'm old enough to remember when the AFC West was going to be the best division in football history. The Raiders are the only 0-3 team in the entire NFL. The AFC West may prove to be the most stunningly overrated division that we've ever seen. The Raiders aren't losing because of Derek Carr, but he may be in one of those situations in his career where it's time to start to think about maybe a change of scenery. They're the most disappointed team in the league. I thought Josh McDaniels going over there with Derek Carr and company and getting Devontae Adams that this is going to be some type of high-flying offense, scoring points all over the place. It's just not happening. They're lucky that that whole division right now is kind of a mess. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Plus, your smart speakers presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. You can chime in. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. You just heard it there. And one of the key matchups this weekend is going to be the Denver Broncos traveling to Las Vegas to take on my beloved Raiders. And Harry... I need your I need your life advice here because there's there's we talked a little bit about the Raiders earlier and the the disappointment but the Broncos are sitting at two and one mm-hmm. and I've always been very capable of admitting when the teams in my division as a fan are flat out better. In fact, this year I picked the Chargers to win the AFC West. Last year I picked the Chiefs to win the AFC West. I think I've I've shown over the years to be pretty logical when it comes to where my favorite team stands. I don't think the Broncos are a very good football team, but they're two and one. So when you look at this matchup, a two and one Broncos team that's traveling to Vegas and they are the underdog, according to Vegas, and an 0 and 3 Vegas team, does that say more to you about the Raiders or about the Broncos? Honestly, I think both teams. The Broncos are two and one and haven't scored more than 16 points in any of their three games so far. They won the first game, lost the first game 17-16 uh, to, the, to the Seattle Seahawks. They beat the Texans 16-9, and then they beat the San Francisco 49ers 11-10. And when I'm looking at the Denver Broncos at the moment, Russell Wilson, number one, doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look like the Russell Wilson that we're accustomed to seeing when he was in Seattle. Um, I think the nuances of this offense are getting to him. I think he's worried, worrying so much about being a pocket guy versus utilizing his legs. And he did a great job of it at the tail end of that game against the 49ers. They actually helped him get a win. But I think Rush just needs to let go and just, you know, remind Nathaniel Hackett, like, hey, you know, sometimes I'm going to have to just be Russ. And warranted, you you talk about a first-year head coach in Nathaniel Hackett who's trying to figure some things out on the fly. They just hired somebody to to manage game situations uh, for them as well. I don't think he handled his first game against the Seattle Seahawks very well. It was very disappointing. And it reminded me a lot of Mike McCarthy and the mistakes that he made last year. Granted, Mike McCarthy wasn't in his first year as a head coach. And I just think the play call has to get in faster. 
Uh, but I also believe, outside of Cortland Sutton, who I think has been phenomenal for them, Jerry Judy needs to step up more. Um, K.J. Hamler needs to step up more. Uh, it sucks that they lost Tim pa- Patrick to the ACL injury uh, during training camp, but I will say this. They still have a top-five defense. They still have Bradley Chubb, right? You have Randy Gregory. You have Patrick Sertan. And I'm looking forward to this matchup and Devontae Adams going against Patrick Sertan a second. Uh, we all know know what his father did in the National Football League. And if you don't know, his father actually helped coach the secondary down there in Miami currently right now. So his father is still embedded in the National Football League. But the young man is long. He's big. Now, I, I do believe Devontae Adams is going to get the best of him because of Devontae Adams. But I'm looking forward to that back and forth between those two guys this week. You mentioned Russ. And I think one of the more interesting things is just looking back at the Seattle relationship now. So, like, whenever we've got a friend that, that, you know, gets out of a relationship, when they get into another one, then you can start to say, okay, what 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 was real about the last one, right? Like, so you've got this new relationship with the Broncos, and some of the rumblings out of Seattle were that, you know, Russ had a very definitive way he thought the offense should be run, and that the Seahawks felt that they had to do a lot to help Russ in, in those situations. What do we see early on? To your point, you know, it feels like Russ right now is being a little bit more of a pocket quarterback. Well, Seattle did a really nice job of creating lanes for him to throw to. They they had nice uh, structure in the way that they were trying to make uh, make him as successful as possible. Russ goes into a situation now where this head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, may not have the you-know-what to push back to him the same way Pete Carroll certainly did. And so Russ tries to get more control of an offense, and I'm not sure that's always a good thing. Now, He's, he can be slippery. And so far, what has really hurt the Raiders in two of the three games so far are quarterbacks that can just maneuver around to make him, to make him miss. Like, mm-hmm. Max Crosby has done a great job of hitting quarterbacks, but hasn't been able to drag those quarterbacks to the ground, whether it was Kyler Murray or whether it was Justin Herbert week one. So, you know, I'm curious to see if they try and create a little bit of motion for Russ so that they can throw that defensive line off because Max is the only person getting any pressure and that's the only person the Broncos are going to have to account for. It seems like they should be able to run away from him with some of that play calling to put him in a better situation to be successful. But I'm also with you. When he's running around with the ball, Jerry Judy should have better opportunities. Judy has just not turned out to be the wide receiver I thought he would be. No, and, and he's dropping passes. I don't think he's running the crisp routes that he's supposed to and he's a guy that could run Nice routes, but it's more to the to the National Football League from a wide receiver position about just running routes, right? You got to un- understand zone coverage, know where to sit down, uh, be on the same page as your quarterback. It's just a lot of nuance to the game. Understand coverages. It's not just going out there, hey, I'm about to route this guy up because you're not going to get man coverage all the time. Also, I think he has to be better at catching the ball. Every 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 ball in the National Football League is not going to be I'm wide open, I'm catching it. It's going to be people draped on your body. He has to get stronger in, in, in that sense as well. But I think Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson in this offense need to go through those two running backs. I'm talking about Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, two guys who had over 900 yards rushing last year, right? Let those two guys be your bell cow and play off of those guys. That's what that offense that Nathaniel Hackett is running, that's what it was when he when he was over at Green Bay. That's what we see this offense, the Shanahan offense do. You rely on the run game and let everything else play off of that. Well, and that would make sense given the way, particularly in the first half against the Titans, the Raiders had no good answer for Derrick Henry. And and it comes all the way back to something that you said in the first hour when we started the show. Like, run the ball. And I don't care if we're talking about the Raiders. I don't care if we're talking about the Broncos. I don't care if we're talking about the Titans. Like There is this, this concept of we're going to spread everybody out and just throw the football, and it's fun, exciting football to watch. 
When you can run the ball effectively, it makes absolutely everything you do easier. So I'm stunned we haven't seen more teams come back and say, hey, at the at our core, at our, let, let's make our actual bread and butter the very simple thing here of falling forward for three and a half or four yards of carry. If you can do that, everything else is simple. It's I got to tell you a quick story. So uh, when I was in Atlanta, it was me, Roddy White, Julio Jones in the receiving court. Tony Gonzalez was our tight end. And I remember, man, the year we went to the NFC Championship game, 2012, it was one week where just about every play in practice, that first Wednesday practice was a pass play. We literally went to our offensive coordinator and receiver coach and was like, we can't throw the football this many times. Like, it's, it's, we're not going to win if we throw the football this many times. Basically telling them, hey, we have to run the football to be successful. We just can't be one-dimensional. So that's the mindset of three guys, three alpha males who want the football, and Tony Gonzalez as well, but we know and understand the game and that we couldn't go into who was playing that week just throwing the football every play. Mm. And that that also requires coaching staff that will know how to put all those egos in check and get everybody on the same page, which isn't easy to do. One coach that we know can do that is Arthur Smith. The Falcons 1-2, and two, but they've been in every game they've played in. Their head coach, Arthur Smith, is going to join us next. Kenny and Carlin, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and your smart speakers. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, in for the guys hanging out with you. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And let's get right into our guest here because one of the best parts about working with Harry is that Harry's just, you know, knows everybody. He's got a deep phone book. Everybody <laughs> loves hanging out with Harry. So, you know, we asked him to open up the bat phone and see what he could do to help us. And that has gotten us Arthur Smith, Falcons head coach, joining us right now. Coach, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I would ask you for dirt on Harry, but we'll actually spend the time talking about football. Give me so far sort of your assessment on where the the quarterback position specifically is with Marcus and what you've seen from him. Yeah, first, thanks for having me on. And uh, I apologize you got to deal with Harry. So I'm uh, (laughs) not a big pain that is. Fair. Uh, 
Yeah. So they should pay you overtime for that. But um, <laughs> in terms of, you know, the quarterback where Marcus is at, I think, you know, he's doing a really nice job operating. Obviously, like all of us, there's things we clean up and continue to improve on. But, uh, you know, he's made some big-time throws and some good plays for us. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of things we're evolving that are kind of exciting for us offensively. And so uh, we'll see where this thing goes. Coach, I want to ask you about that run game because right now y'all are tied for fifth in rushing. Cordell Patterson right now, he's third in rushing in the National Football League. But how good has that offensive line been, and as well as those receivers blocking downfield and Cordell Patterson doing his thing? Yeah, it's a great uh, group effort, and uh, CP's really running well right now. Uh, we're getting some supplemental carries from Algier. I think he's continuing to improve, and uh, you know, obviously Marcus is a part of our run game, and there's other guys that are making huge impact. Keith Smith, kind of an unsung hero. All the stuff we ask him to do along with that offensive line and those receivers and tight ends. So it's a fun group to coach, Harry. Uh, the buy-in's real, and those guys enjoy it because it opens up other things that, that we do offensively. Well, Coach, uh, I have the opportunity every year to host the NFL Draft Show with ESPN with uh, with Harry. And when y'all drafted Drake London, he was quite excited about the potential and so far lived up to it. What's the toughest part for a young wide receiver to come into the NFL in your mind? There's a lot of things, but I think um, really it's the – the grind every day you know we're we're sitting here only in week four and uh it's such a longer season and it's day after day you know they that that rookie wall is real and you try to make sure you're managing it and uh you know guys sometimes they take off you know we certainly expected Drake to have an impact early and he has and then you know it's to sustain that and improve it and and not let it wear him down and really a lot of it's mental fatigue too Coach, a big game this weekend, a game I actually think you guys can win against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but you look at Cleveland right now in preparation for them, Davion Clowney getting into the uh, – excuse me, um, Miles Gary getting into the accident, Davion Clowney not playing their two defensive ends. How does that impact the preparation for the game? Well, you know, first off, I'm, I'm just happy Miles is okay. I mean, obviously I don't know him, but uh, it certainly hits home and you're talking about perspective and brings things – you know, real life and the perspective and uh, certainly glad for him that, uh, cause that, that, that was a scary looking deal. And uh, in terms of, you know, and then football, as you're talking about football, you got to prepare for everything, but you know how it goes, Harry, you've been around this league too long. Um, whether guys play or not, you got to get their best shot. You know, and sometimes when guys are out, the other guys, I mean, they're so geeked up to prove, you know, we, you know, I got my shot that uh, you can't let it low to sleep. The worst thing you can do in this business is, is to get comfortable, get low to sleep in any capacity. So uh, we've got to prepare, got to prepare for everything, and uh, we know it's going to be a physical fight. I'm glad you think we actually have a chance, Harry, because I think we do every week, but I'm glad you're uh, giving us a little slight slight chance. (laughs) We're talking to Falcons head coach Arthur Smith uh, on Candy and Carlin. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. Uh, Coach, this is your second year as a head coach. What's the biggest difference for you as a head coach now with the Falcons in year two Versus year one. I think in any job, right? Uh, you continue to try to improve. Wow. You know, I'm sure your first radio gig and, and the more you did it. and uh, Oh, no, I was perfect. First radio gig, I was yeah. perfect. I, was, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, Eric can tell you, uh, he knows me well. And uh, that's real. This isn't just coaching cliches. And you got to be objective. you got to have perspective. And I certainly try to. I know I'm 
like like everybody. I'm not perfect, but I uh, certainly uh, definitely feel like I'm better in year two than I was in year one, and I hope to be year three and every year after that. Coach, a three-headed monster. I love it. You talk about Cal Pitts, one of the best at the tight end position. Drake London, rookie receiver, who's going to be phenomenal. Uh, has a chance to do some great things there in Atlanta and across this league. But then Cordell Patterson. Defense is trying to game plan for that trio. I think it's hell. I think defensive coordinators are going to stay up all night long whenever they have to play y'all. But early on, there was ramples, you know, why isn't Cal Pitts getting the football? And what a lot of people don't understand is that when you have defensive coordinators and you have Cal Pitts, a guy who a lot of people think is the best football player on your team offensively, defenses are going to take guys like him away. But what it, what, what it is going to do is also open up windows for guys like Patterson, guys like Drake London, guys like uh, Hodge. We call him Red. How has Cal Pitts' influence on the football field, even when he's not getting the football, helped so many other guys on your offense? It's a huge impact, and uh, I like to look at us as an 11-headed monster, you know, uh, because it takes all 11 on every snap. And Kyle has a huge impact on every play. He's becoming more of a complete player. And so it's not just like the normal double teams. It's the way people are trying to, to shade to one side or if you're playing, you know, condensed and they're playing quarters and they're trying to funnel things inside. And, and so there's give and take. And if you just try to force the ball to play isolation basketball, so to speak, and the ball's only going one place, well, you're kind of easy to defend. And uh, certainly it's not for lack of targets, uh, you know, challenges every week. And then you're talking about a 17-game season. This thing will play itself out because his impact is enormous. Uh, you know, play to play, week to week. And we had some different opportunities in Seattle. And then, like I said, the more we can continue to – stay on the field and, and score, uh, it'll open up for everybody. And uh, and that's when we're really going to be humming as an offense. And I, I feel like we're getting closer week to week and been very pleased with what Kyle's done so far for us. One of the – I mean, I'd be remiss, Coach, if I don't ask you about Desmond Ritter, right? Every fan just seems to want every rookie that's ever drafted to immediately start and become Patrick Mahomes. What's the best way for you guys to handle the development for him? And the way we handle the development for everybody. You know, we, we coach everybody on this roster – hard and uh that's our charge and so you know things can change in a, in a heartbeat uh after a first play of the game or you know something happens comes up during the week and we got a lot of young guys and we'll continue to coach them even some of the veterans that are in different roles that we try to improve and i and i, I understand that i mean that's the, the beauty of the nfl we're in the sports and entertainment business and uh you know there's a new crop every year uh, i'm sure there's already Mock drafts already spitting out already, and everybody <laughs> wants the uh, unknown and the new shiny, uh, you know, so to speak. You know, they get a draft and they, they want to pick their their guy and, and run with that. So we're going to be smart. Uh, perfect example is like Richie Grant. You know, last year we had some veteran safeties. Uh, we asked a lot of those safeties. We knew that we needed to bring them along the right way, and, it, and it's certainly paying off now. And I got that question all the time. What about Richie Grant? Richie Grant? Richie Grant? Richie's going to be just fine. And he, and he is. He's playing really good football for us. Coach, I need you to send a message for me. Send a message to Drake London for me. I texted him the other day, Coach, and he didn't text me back. 24-hour mm. rule. So you let him know I need that $100 because, <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be more than that. $10 every minute that, you know, or every 10 minutes that he don't write back. But tell him I need my money. What is that just for, for you, Harry, for every legend that ever played? No, just for me. Oh, right okay. Coach, well, is this First of all, I, I can't uh, – 
cosine that area. I don't mind really sure what you're talking about, monetary <laughs> stuff there, but uh, I'll certainly pass the message as there's a person when somebody texts you to answer your damn phone. So I'll make sure I pass that message to Oh, Coach, we appreciate your time. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Really appreciate you carving out a few minutes for us, and uh, I'll, I'll take any of the dirt offline that you have on Harry that I can use against you. <laughs> Anytime you want to know, just let me. Please out. I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff. Falcons head coach Arthur Smith joining us. Uh, Harry, I I say this to you all the time offline. I'll say it to you on mic. Really appreciate that you open up your phone book so that we can have great guests when we work together, man. You're the best. Uh, we're going to continue to break down the NFL. There's some questions surrounding the AFC West. So what is the best division in the NFL through three weeks? And what's the worst? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus. The neighbor three doors down, speakers. We're everywhere. (laughs) Fitz, you have to fight for the right to do what, Fitz? To party! Is that how we do that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I don't know who has worse moves right now, Harry, me or Harry Douglas. I'm excited. I, I, well, you know, that's because that's what happens when the two of us are together. Duh. We go full 80s WWF tag team. Like, we're just, we're coming into the ring with a level of bluster that the world isn't ready for, especially after talking to Falcons head, co- head coach Arthur Smith. Let me know when Drake London texts you back. Also, if you ever want to know, you ever want to hear one of the stupidest things in the, like, and I just genuinely mean one of the stupidest things. I am so honored that every year I get a vote in the Bolitnikoff Award for the best wide receiver in the country. Harry doesn't. So I, I haven't figured that one out yet, Harry. Like, we got we got to figure that out. Like, how Harry isn't voting and I am, like, because all I'm doing is calling Harry and being like, Harry, have I lost my mind on it? So I'm just saying. Can but you, but not, not because of you, because I do value your opinion because you actually put the work in. But it also tells you how corrupted our voting system is. Man, and, and let me tell you, like, the first time I got asked to do that, I, I felt so much pressure. And, like, it's so funny because I, I did call Harry over and over and over again. Because for me, it's a little like like I take the responsibility of having a Grammy vote very seriously. Like, I sit down and I listen and I study. And I did the same thing on these wide receivers. So, like, the one thing I'll say is it makes me so much uh, better prepared to cover the draft. Like, Drake London is somebody that... You know, I watched a lot of film on before we even got to the draft. I'm not surprised he's having tremendous success. The only question on Drake was ever going to be health, and knock on wood, that's held up. Uh, Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All, for all your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right. 
Harry, before the season started, we were having a real conversation about why the AFC West was going to be the best division in the history of football. <laughs> and it isn't. That's, right? what, that's what we do in the media. <laughs> my God. Like, we boost things up, don't we? Yeah, I like to bring my little Southern colloquialism here when I'm like, my could. That's good. That's the real answer. It's like, this is going to be a tough week. My could. It could be. You know, uh, the, the, the AFC West, I think, still has hope to be a very good division because I'm not going to buy that the Chiefs are going to stink. I'm not going to buy uh, that the Chargers can't get it right. They have too much talent. I think the Raiders will right the ship at some point. So, you know, I don't think all hope is lost. But there is a real question about if it's not the AFC West, then who, Harry, is the best division in the NFL? Oh, I think it's between two divisions in my eyes, the AFC North mm. and the NFC North because – the Green Bay Packers are going to be the Green Bay Packers, right? They went 13-3 the last three seasons. They have Aaron Rodgers. They have the quarterback. We know about that defense. We know about the Green Bay Packers. I do believe that the Detroit Lions are a team that could potentially make the playoffs this year, so I'm high on them. Definitely should have won their game last week. Um, they just got to learn how to finish better. Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are 2-1 right now. They're another team that last year who had a lot of games that they could have won but lost them by one, two, three points. Uh, overtime games, and they could have easily made the playoffs last year. Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Los Angeles Rams, being their offensive coordinator. Granted, we know Sean McVay calls the plays, but we see a difference in this team within the first three weeks. Now, which Minnesota team we're going to get? Because they showed through three weeks they can be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, looking at week one and how they beat the Packers, but then seeing them against the Philadelphia Eagles look non-existent. But then getting another win last week. So, I think right now, looking at that, I would go with the AFC North, with the NFC North right on their heels. I like the Baltimore Ravens, and you talk about Lamar Jackson, who's my front runner for the MVP right now. The Cincinnati Bengals didn't start off as well, but I think if they can protect Joe Burrow, they have a chance to get things rolling. They got a win last week, which is very, very important. They played the Jets, though. I'm not going to mm-hmm. be too high on them. But they have a game this weekend on Thursday Night Football, which is tomorrow against the Miami Dolphins. That's a must win for them. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, they could easily right now be 3-0. and You talk about a blemish with the minute, I think, of 30 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter when you're up 13 points and then you allow um, Joe Flacco and the New York Jets to win that game, which is just insane to me. So they can easily be – uh, three and zero, but the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not really high on them right now, just because I don't think Trubisky is the guy for them at quarterback, and I would love to see them play Kenny Pickett. But I would go the AFC North, mm-hmm. and then right behind it, I would go the NFC North. I think, you know, at some point for me, this is simple. The Ravens are really good. Uh, the Browns are pretty good uh, at this point. The Bengals, I, I still believe, can be pretty good. And the Steelers are, are hot garbage. So that gives me three out of four teams that, that I can <laughs> at least believe in. Uh, in the NFC North, to your point, I think the Packers are really good. I think the Vikings, I picked the Vikings to win the division, even though they had a case of the Mondays. I still think that they can make that happen. Uh, and I'm with you. I think the Lions are pretty good. Uh, and the Bears are going to turn out to be hot garbage. So those are the only two divisions that I can make a clear case right now for. Three of the four teams are at least in the pretty good category. I think by the end of the year, the AFC West will rise back up to that and will be the best division in football. The curious one for me is actually the AFC East, and I like because the Bills are so good, and the Dolphins so far look pretty good. If all the Patriots could do is just rise to mediocrity – 
then that division would be much much different. But right now it feels it's not like happening. yeah, it, it it isn't. It feels like it's sort of it's done, and we've reached a point now where I I think we can just stick a fork in them and and pronounce that they've been overcooked. Like it's done in New England. I'm over it. So I, part of what this exercise does, though, if you start looking across the board, well, if the AFC West isn't great and the AFC South isn't great and the AFC East isn't great, like, I think what we're discovering is that while parody. a lot of, like, yeah, parody in a bad way. I don't yep. think there's a lot of very good football teams this year. And that's weird. To, we thought everybody was going to be good. What if everybody's just meh? <laughs> Mediocre. I mean, well, I'll say above, a, a notch above mediocre. I just want to say mediocre because you do have teams that are better than, you know, teams that are just in the middle. But I love the parody. I don't think it's a bad thing because anybody can be anyone on any given day. The The juggernaut here for me is the NFC West because you know what the San Francisco 49ers and the Rams are going to be. The Cardinals have looked so hot garbage on offense. I, I don't know what they're going to be. I, I really don't. I, oh, I mean, the Seahawks stink. The Cardinals stink. And Jimmy G was, uh, at this point, was going full Orlovsky last weekend. Like, I don't know what we're doing. So, uh, I'm, I thought the I thought both Wests would be better than they have been. You guys can chime in. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What's the best division in the NFL? Tell us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Plus, is the team that finished with the worst record in football now a good bet to win their division? Good bet, bad bet. We'll do it next on ESPN Radio. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitzsimmons for the guys. Harry, I don't know if you like if you've ever been the type to just follow around a random team, but if you haven't been paying attention for anyone that hasn't, as Aaron Judge is on a quest for 61 uh, home runs with the Yankees. Uh, the Maris family has been going to every one of these games. And it had me wondering last night because on Spain and Fitz, we were breaking in. Every time uh, every time Aaron Judge goes to bat, we we would stop the show. We'd go straight to Aaron Judge where he would then get walked, right? And they kept putting the camera on Maris's kid and, and you know, the, the family and everybody around from Roger Maris. And all I kept thinking was like, man, that's got to cost a lot of money. And, like, you, you might have your own job. Like, I can't imagine. When, when is it time to just look at it and be like, hey, let me know when he hits it. I'm just going to go home and uh, tell me all about it. Well, I will say this. Are the Yankees paying for the family to go to try to see, I you know, think, if Aaron right? Judge. Yeah. So they're not really spending their money then. You know what I mean? So oh, that's I, fair. I don't actually mind them going. That's fair. You know, to these games, and Roger Maris, back in 1961, hit his 61st home run as he passed Babe Ruth. I think, what, Babe Ruth had 60, right? Yeah, Babe Ruth had 60, and he passed Babe Ruth with 61 in 1961. And now Aaron Judge, uh, every game, the anticipation, you got people not, listen, if I'm a ball club or one of these ball teams, I'm jacking prices up left and right. Mm-hmm. I'm jacking them up left and right to 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 make the money that we can <laughs> because people want to come see Aaron Judge and if you could potentially get that home run ball. You know how much that home run ball would be worth? My goodness! You know what? I'm going to a game. I need to go. I mean that, but you're not wrong. Like I keep thinking about you know just what the the, the money that's being spent on tickets, the number of people with their phones out. Like as you can see in the crowd, all the little lights on from their phone. Yep. How many people starting a video, stopping a video, starting a video, stopping a video, <laughs> and then like you're you're the next day, you know you're coming right back out and you're going up to the scalpers and you're like, how much are tickets today? Like I, I, I yep. mean that's 
That's a wild, wild amount of money that's being spent on being just in the building when it happens. When you tell the story 10 years later, do you tell somebody that you went to like 27 games to wave? That's an exaggeration. Don't Google it. Oh, no, no. But you you keep that part a secret, you know, just in case you get the ball. But it's not even about just getting the ball, but being in the ballpark and having one of those memorable moments uh, that you can remember for a lifetime. You can literally be on your deathbed at the hospital and say, you know what? I was there for Aaron Judge when he hit his damn 62nd home run and broke Roger Maris's record. I was there. I was in the ballpark. Yeah, I can't I can't say anything about it because, like, frankly, I made this decision last week. I flew to Nissan Stadium because I was like, man, the memory of being in there for a Raiders-Titans game will be good for me. Then I watched a game I regret going to. So, uh, And at the same time, I'm going to be on a flight headed to Vegas on Sunday morning this week. I, I'm a glutton for punishment. That's why Harry's smarter uh, than I am. We'll keep breaking it down for you now. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel, 80, ESPN Plus, your smart speakers, your toy speakers, your karaoke microphone. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And that's right, good bet, bad bet. We bring in producer Evan. Evan's going to do God's work. He's going to give us a uh, he's gonna give us a bet, and then Harry, we are going to decide whether it is a good bet or a bad bet. Are we ready for this, Mr. Douglas? Easy E. You're All right. up. Well, wow. Which, which, does, does that make me, which NWA member? Never mind. <laughs> All right, Evan, let's go before I get fired. <laughs> Too late. The Bucks plus 360 to win the NFC, Harry. Good bet or bad bet? I think that's a great bet. When I look at this Bucks football team, you look at their defense and how they're one of the tops, if not the top defense in football right now. They're going to get guys back healthy, not to mention Ryan Jensen at some point is going to come back on that football team and be the center for Tom Brady. So at some point, I do believe this offense will get things going. Uh, I think it's a good bet only because the rest of that division is just putrid, barf-worthy, gross, disgusting, awful football teams that don't deserve to win a division. So it's not a bet to be good. It's just a bet to win the division. Ask me how I truly feel. Nick Sirianni, plus 400 to win Coach of the Year, Fitz. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? Oh, man. I think that's a good bet. I'm going to go with that's a good bet. Uh, That one's tough for me because, man, it's going to go to whoever gets a hot hand unexpected. Actually, that's a bad bet. I'm going to change my mind. That is a bad bet because Doug Peterson and the Jags deserve some credit. Doug Peterson and the Jags deserve. That's a better bet. It's a better bet to go with Doug. What do you think, Kerry? That was my thing. I was going to say Doug Peterson. The way we've seen Jacksonville the last few years, if Doug Peterson can get his team to win a division and to go to the playoffs, I think he would get coach of the year. Even if the Eagles, I think, get the number one seed in the NFC. Better odds on Peterson, too, plus 600. You mentioned the Jags. The Jaguars at plus 200 to win the AFC South, Harry. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? I think it's a good bet because of the teams in the AFC South right now. Tennessee hasn't been consistent. The Indianapolis Colts could have easily be 0-3 right now if it wasn't for the Kansas City Chiefs messing up things over and over again in their game this past weekend. Uh, Houston Texans, they've showed some fight. But I think right now the most consistent team in the AFC South has been the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Trevor Lawrence is looking at the number one overall pick that we expected him to be. I think it's a good bet, uh, you know, and, and again, that has a lot to do with everybody else that I don't believe in. So I'm, I'm with you. I think that at this point, that's a good bet. The Dolphins as a four-point underdog versus the Bengals on Thursday night football. Good bet or bad bet? Uh, well, I'll take this one and say it's a good bet if you put money on the Bengals. 
Cincinnati's going to win this football game. Cincinnati's going to win this football game by more than four. How do you like that? At some point, it's got to normalize, even though the Bengals' offensive line hasn't been good at all. I know that, and that's been a problem. When you have the weapons they have, I still believe that they'll be able to get after that Dolphins' defense, and we got to remember what the Dolphins' defense looked like for three quarters against the Ravens. I think Miami loses, so I think that the Dolphins – uh, are, are good there. What do you think, Harry? I think it's a good bet because that Dolphins defense was on the field so damn much against the Miami Dolphins in that hot weather. Guys cramping up, uh, guys uh, using their bodily, bodily fluids entirely too much. Also, I think the Dolphins are going to blitz, and then you have the skill position players that you do have for the Cincinnati Bengals that can get wide open. All it takes is uh, one tackle to be missed, and it's a touchdown. The Texans are getting five at the Chargers. Good bet or bad bet? Oh, that's Ooh. tough, Harry, right? Because the Chargers yeah. are, are banged up. Yep. As we said earlier, Joey Bosa going on injured reserve. I I, I, I think this is a good bet. we got to remember last year the, the, the Houston Texans ran the football down the Chargers' throat. Now, granted, you have different players on the Chargers right now, but a lot of those guys are banged up. You have offensive linemen banged up. You have wide receiver, uh, you know, out with an ACL. Justin Herbert in the rib. So I'm going to go good bet. I, I'm going to go with the bad bet. I think the Chargers are that much better than the Texans. Uh, I, I know the Texans have been plucky, but I'll take a talented Chargers team to stand out. I, I think that's a bad bet. The Eagles are minus six and a half at home against the Jaguars. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? I think that's a bad bet. I look at this defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trayvon Walker, and then also Josh Allen. Nobody has benefited more than Josh Allen having Trayvon Walker on that defensive line. But the two linebackers that they have, Devin Lloyd and then Foyer Lewkin, who they brought over in free agency from Atlanta, they have been phenomenal. Uh, I just think this game is going to be a lot closer than people are actually giving it credit for. Yeah, I think this is a bad bet. Uh, I, I think that you're 1,000% right. Everything Harry just said is going to be a much closer game, so I'll go with bad bet. All right, Fitz, your Raiders are minus two and a half. Good bet. Against- it's a good bet. It's a great bet. It's a spectacular <laughs> bet. It's the best bet ever. It is such a – Evan, it is the best bet you've ever seen in your life. The Raiders, minus two and a half against the Broncos. It's yeah. not a good bet. It's not a bad bet. It's a spectacular Look, bet. I legitimately want to know, though, is is this, like, does about this to say cry. more about the Raiders or more about the Broncos – that like the Broncos are two and one, the Raiders are zero and three. I don't. And the Raiders uh, are getting to an end. I am. I'm putting my college football playoff committee head on. I don't give a damn what anybody's record is right now because nobody nobody looks that good. I look. I, I'm just looking at overall football here. Like the Broncos are not two and one in any way other than the record. And records all that matters. I get it. But at the end of the year, when everybody's like, "Oh, why did the Broncos fall apart?" Maybe because they weren't good in the first place. What was that voice? I'm going to go back. I'm going to go such a great voice. <laughs> I'm going to go bad bet. Oh. I'm going to go bad bet because I think the Raiders are going to struggle stopping the run. Javante Williams, I think Melvin Gordon are going to have solid games. Uh, I also don't believe, you know, that um, the Raiders are going to get things going this week. That's a terrible take, Harry. I hate you. <laughs> I hate Harry so much. <laughs> Hilarious. Easy E. Yeah, the Cowboys. Cooper Rush, he's 3-0 as a starter. Minus three and a half against the Commanders. Good bet or bad it's a, bet? This is a good bet. It's a good bet for me. <laughs> Did we just forget that the Commanders gave up nine sacks to the Philadelphia Eagles? Can you imagine what Michael Parsons is probably saying right now? He's probably eating a steak and damn near eating a bone too, saying that I'm gonna, I'm about to feast. It's not even Thanksgiving yet because you know the Cowboys love to play on Thanksgiving. It's not even Thanksgiving and Michael Parsons is about to feast. Him and Demarcus Lawrence.
Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I think that's a good bet. And I think the commanders are falling apart in front of everybody's eyes. So, yeah, I, I think Harry's a thousand percent right. All right, last one. The Titans are plus three at the Colts, who Woo! just beat the Chiefs. Plus, uh, Titans plus three at the Colts. Good bet or bad bet, Fitz? I think that's a good bet. I think that's a good bet. Uh, the Colts have a lot of talent, and it didn't show up in the first couple of weeks. They get a big win over the Chiefs. The most important part of that win was that they just came out and man-to-man. I mean, they manned up against that Chiefs offense, and they handled them. So I think the Colts walk in with a little bit of confidence. The Titans got the win last week, but they didn't look good. Harry, what do you think? Yeah, I think that win against the Chiefs is going to get the Colts a lot of confidence, so I, I like that bet. All right, look at that. That's how we do it. Evan, overall, how would you rate our performance? Easy E. Uh, you two are a good bet to do it again. Look at that. Oh, Ooh. see what he did right there? That's a professional segue. I wouldn't know He's anything about professional segues. Yeah, that, that's that's a level of professionalism you only get from producer Evan. Uh, that that's That's what makes him... A delight. What makes this entire day a delight is knowing that we get to turn the page to week four. Week four starts tomorrow night. The fans are not the only ones that need a reminder about the games being on Amazon Prime. We'll tell you about it next. It's Kenny and Carlin. Harry and Fitz in. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.